Welcome to the Business Meets Fitness podcast, everybody. I am your host, Lauren Tickner, and I am so excited for you to listen to today's episode. My interviewee today is a guy called AJ Morris. He is the founder of his own online coaching business, and he is very well respected in the fitness industry. He is extremely knowledgeable and is only 21, so it's really awesome to talk to him and to interview him. And I think that today's episode will give everybody a little bit of a slightly alternative outlook on the whole fitness thing. One thing that I am extremely keen to say before we start this episode is that this episode talks a lot about bodybuilding and don't click away, don't turn this off because you can still apply absolutely everything that we talk about into maybe another aspect of your life. So for example, you can apply what we're talking about to your business or talk about to to your fitness as well. It's just like, There are certain things that AJ speaks about, about how he has to train and be so precise and everything. And I just seriously want to stress that the average gym goer does not need to do this. Even if you have massive goals in the gym, you do not need to be focusing as hard as he is. I sure as hell do not. And I am getting really, really strong, really, pretty fast by following a structured and progressive training program, my Strength Feed training guide, which you guys can get at www.strengthfeed.com. I'm making awesome progress through doing that and through tracking macros. So please know that you do not need to be doing a bodybuilding competition totally 110 bazillion percent all the time because bodybuilding and competing in natural bodybuilding in a very high level is extremely hard extremely competitive and you really do need to be so precise with so many factors and so I just want to make that really really clear from the get-go that the average person does not need to be following kind of the as harsh of the principles that AJ has to follow when he is on prep and when he's in his off season and stuff so now that I've got that out of the way, I do want to also just say that I'm sorry that the quality of this isn't quite as good as it has been in the past couple of episodes. It's because I wasn't really too sure how to get all my sound settings kind of adjusted and I didn't want to waste AJ's time. So he just filmed it on his end and it kind of made the sound quality a bit worse on my end, even though I was using my microphone and everything is normal. But trust me, guys. I promise you next episode we are going to be back full 100% and it's still pretty decent quality just you know not quite quite as high as my normal and maybe that's just because I hold my standards high but hey that's that so anyway let's get into this episode guys and I really hope you enjoy. So AJ welcome to the Business Meets Fitness podcast today I'm very excited to have you on we have known each other for a very long time and I think it's going to be really awesome for you to share your insight into bodybuilding and how you got into it so do you want to crack on with kind of a little bit about yourself about made by morris and how you got into bodybuilding and all that kind of stuff sure so well thank you very much first off lauren for having me on like it's uh it's an honor because i know that over the last year or so you've 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 grown significantly and your platform is now at a point where it's crazy it's it's mental and I, i look i definitely look up to you in terms of uh, social media and how you've grown your platform to to build like yeah this 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 honest definitely respectable idea of, of of putting out content to females specifically and and definitely targeting way more people than probably you initially thought which is like, that's <laughs> yeah epic. 
Well, when we first knew each other, absolutely no way. So, yeah, yeah thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's hella cool. And, like, thank you so much for having me on. And, and cool. yeah, so, so guys, like, for, for people that don't know me or haven't heard of, of what I do and who I am, I'm essentially a, a t- 21-year-old that, that owns his own business that runs a coaching business called Made by Morris. And he's and absolutely been... smashing it. Don't ignore that part. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, that's very that's very kind of you and again like i think this is yeah we both work hard and this is probably Mm -hmm. something that we'll Mm -hmm. talk about in the podcast a little bit yeah it's like when when you should sort of what you should chase and how to play to your strengths but i think you know me and lauren are both both showing through being really really young and just actually realizing okay right this is the thing that we want to chase this is the thing that we're 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 good at and we're, we're strong at and really just pouring everything into into that as opposed to sort of wasting our time doing things that potentially weren't providing us with with either like fulfillment or mm-hmm. achievement along like both definitely we weren't, we weren't getting that out of anything that we were doing prior to when we sort of found our strengths so yeah yes. like i run i run made by morris which is which is great which is an online coaching company and uh, I, not only do i sort of coach uh, but I also provide sort of content alongside of that. So I, I do sort of Instagram. I do my, my podcast. It's a do... great, great podcast. Plug it. Everyone go listen to it now. So well, not right now. So it was, so it, it was originally called um, Teen Muscle Radio. But now we've sort of transitioned over to calling it the Natty Scene. So it's a podcast <laughs> essentially where... I love that. In the past, we had guests that were coming on with informative content. And what I realized with that is that... You know, this is why content should like ad- basically adapt. So I adapted my content mm-hmm. now to bring on natural athletes to essentially discuss their prep, where they're at in their in their career, and make it a shorter podcast because essentially the podcast at the moment the podcast scene is quite flooded with very similar content. So yeah, yeah. I see a lot of people just bringing on the same guests to essentially <laughs> talk about the same topics. Mm-hmm. So that that really sort of restricts growth and i'm all about all i'm all about like growth with what so i decided to go down a different route with that so it's now called the natty scene so i run that i love that and then i've obviously got yeah the coaching business which uh, i do i do sort of have spots now specifically just targeting physique athletes um so unfortunately coaching at the moment is 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 full uh for clients but i do have a member site um that that is also providing value with regards to a forum which is updated daily i started that really recently which is wicked i'm very excited about that Mm. and uh yeah i've just yeah i've just been sort of in the fitness industry for like the past two years i compete as a natural bodybuilder i two weeks ago i won a regional show so i'm uh, a BMBF uh, junior champion mm. at the moment in Midlands in the Midlands region and I've got my British championships in in five and a half weeks time so yeah I'm I also like in the midst of, of contest prep which Lauren knows what it's like <laughs> so um, yeah I guess yeah. Uh, a little bit hungry a little bit tired but still hungry s- still doing it like I yeah. think contest prep for me brings about a routine and uh, structure to my day that I that I really enjoy and um, mm. that's something that I think is pretty cool about dieting down is that it does does make you very routine and very structured and uh, yeah. that's what I'm all about so yeah that's me and uh, again like happy to be on so yeah this is cool yeah 
And I think it definitely shows that you really do enjoy the process of prep, which mm. I think some people kind of, they they go through prep and every single day they're posting on Instagram saying, oh, I hate this, this is torture and everything. But yeah. you, you really are passionate about it. And that's why you're doing so well from it. Because I think you've competed now and you've had three preps, I believe. Is that right? Yeah, that's it. So I, I yeah, 2014, 2015 and, and now 2017, yeah. Okay, cool. So let's talk about pre twenty fourteen. So how did how the hell did you even get into bodybuilding? What made you want to compete? What was your training like beforehand? And yeah, let's just talk about that. Sure. So when I got into bodybuilding, essentially I was very into motorsport when I was like eight, eight to like fifteen, sixteen years old. So I was I was really competitive in that and that's what I wanted mm. to chase. And essentially to cut to the chase not make the story too long but i've always been super competitive so in in anything that i do like even business like school whatever i was very very competitive so i i always needed that little bit of an outlet to 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 compete and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the gym for me was something that i really really enjoyed i enjoyed training i was a bro i did the bro split so it was like arm day back day you know shoulders day etc and i grew quite well out of that newbie games yeah newbie games and also the fact that i was just enjoying it and eating enough protein which i think more young people need to understand the importance of like mm-hmm. you shouldn't just go into the gym with this like regimented macro meal plan and and perfect volume equated fucking training program <laughs> that like i see too many young people getting like so, so obsessed with that and getting yeah, like, I agree. like sitting down with our like Alan Aragon's research review every Friday. <laughs> like, like you should just be out having a Domino's with your friends. And <sighs> like that's that's what I really liked about my younger years is that I did learn to enjoy myself and just you know do what do what I loved. Like that's the bottom mm. tier, guys. If you're not if yeah. you're not loving what you do and you're not adhering to what you do, then like that's that's gonna in the long run it's not gonna set you up so well so mm-hmm. yeah that's that's how I started things and I I wanted to compete so I looked at bodybuilding shows I I found the BMBF online I think I watched was watching like YouTube videos of some other people that had done that show and I was like yeah yeah, yeah no I can do this I'm I've got a physique that's of that caliber and realistically yeah. I probably didn't and I was a little <laughs> bit like I was a little bit maybe ahead of myself in terms of I was probably more confident with my physique then than I am now. I was, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm way less objective now because I'm always sort of looking at people that I know are like where I want to be, which is like the pro level. Yeah, comparison which, is yeah. a thief, thief of joy. <laughs> exactly, um, but it also makes you chase things, and that's it's right. And yeah, that's fun. And yeah, I enjoy for chasing sure. things. Uh, I don't think you'll ever be fully content like with anything, to be honest. Yep, um, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. But, you know, just just looking to improve is is what I enjoy. So yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's that's how I got into things. And I did my first show. I came third, and I was buzzing, like absolutely <laughs> buzzing from that. And something that I learned is not not only do I enjoy the process as as sadistic as that is, I also <laughs> enjoyed the day. Like I I, I love oh I yeah, love it's the day. It's so fun though. So fun. That, how could you not? It's just yeah. incredible. Everyone all together who's worked so hard to be there and you just feel so, I don't know, you feel proud, you know? And it's yeah, not a bad thing to feel proud. Especially if there's nice people though. Like, because unfortunately yeah. I've heard in a lot of other federations that there isn't nice people and that the backstage is actually quite a, quite a 
a, a bad place to be. You're surrounded mm. by people that are being bitchy. I've heard it more so, I don't know whether you'd agree, but I've heard it more so in the female um, competitive uh, side of things. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've had I've had both experiences, you know. Sure. I mean, I think uh, when I've gone to a show by myself and I've not been competing with a friend competing on the same day as well, mm. I think it's been a more negative experience. Yeah. Um, but then when I have friends who are there as at the same time i think it's a really positive thing but you know you're always going to get negative people and it's their loss really <laughs> sure sure no agreed so um anyway so something which i really like uh your analogy is when you say you're cashing in mm. with your physique and mm. everything's kind of like a penny in the in the piggy bank or something mm. do you want to just kind of explain that a little bit more um because i think that's going to be really really helpful for some people cool so essentially one of the one of the first people that i followed or one of the first channels that i followed luckily was through matt ogus i followed team 3dmj and obviously people oh, yeah if, if you know lauren so you you know shredded by science so you know 3dmj you must do so you got it <laughs> essentially that that i i found them a long time ago so i found them back in 2014 yeah so and i was, think you this... and i are both lucky because we found them at, at, at an early stage of our journey oh. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was very eye-opening to me in a lot of things, like both nutrition and training and mindset and everything. So, I, I, I really resonated a lot with more so Nunes and uh, Jeff as mm -hmm. the the coaches, comparative to the others. Uh, no specific reason, but those two were the ones that I really, really wanted to follow. Um, and obviously, Jeff, Je Jeff is the the guy that sort of came up, or at least for me displayed this analogy of, of both cashing in and also putting the pennies in the bank so i'd have to fully credit him for the idea of that and putting him <laughs> i in knew head. i heard it somewhere um, before <laughs> so yeah so so jeff jeff essentially has this idea of when you and i'm sure that jeff potentially got it from someone else as well but nevertheless like you to to to, to grow a physique and to improve a physique you need to think of it as investing Okay, so like when you're investing, like you're trying to build up your bank balance and you're trying to maybe save up for a mortgage or a house or something like that, you, you're going to have to be investing for quite a long time, right? And the, the bigger the house you want, the more you're going to have to be investing. So if you, if you want like this huge five, six bedroom house in, you know, near London, Sorry. like a pool, <laughs> and, then, and you want all of this jazzy shit, and you, 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 that 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 investment is going to take you years and years and years, as opposed to buying a a two bedroom flat um, up north and where it's uh, actually much cheaper to live. So that level of investment comes with training as well. And unfortunately, nowadays people are looking for this instant gratification, like they mm -hmm. get into training, and unfortunately. Um, but I think this is something that you're doing very well, Lauren, is you, you put out the idea of investment. You put out the idea that you can actually just train yeah. and not compete, and that's absolutely fine. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately for girls, a lot of girls won't follow you, and a lot of girls will sort of follow the just the competitors and just yeah. the bikini athletes, and yeah. they'll aspire to look like them within a very short period of time. And I think that, for some girls, does ruin things because regardless of the fact that bikini girls are less muscular they are actually quite muscular and they do yeah, need yeah. like time to build that physique. Uh, even more mm -hmm. so for young guys, like young guys coming yeah. up at like 15, 16 years old, to, to have the actual density and, and muscularity to compete mm. 
you need you need to be laying down tissue and that that's yeah. gonna take that's gonna take at least a good I reckon in in my eyes a good two to three years of training mm-hmm. uh, whether yeah. that's tra- whether that training is productive or not in my eyes like in in terms of productive what I mean is like quote-unquote optimal like the mm, most optimal mm. version of your training split or, or setup or whatever I don't think that matters too much I think the main thing that matters not at that, that age yeah yeah I think the main thing that matters is consistency like are you mm-hmm. getting into the gym seven days or seven days six days a week five <laughs> days a week um and and making sure that you're somewhat progressive in that and you know if, if you've got any sort of like head on you you'll probably realize that you know, doing the same weights every single session is probably not thoroughly productive. And if yeah. you can start off with the tens on a shoulder press and you're now at the fifteens, that's that's some element of progress. And that's how I looked at things to be honest when I started training. So I was already I was already sort of applying progressive overload before I'd even really known what it was about. So I'd say that most of the time you need to you need to have this investment period and then like like you said, Lauren, the, the cashing in process is is where you either look to compete or you just look to diet down and you know get a bit leaner for for a holiday or a photo shoot or or some sort of like some sort of arrangement that you want to be leaner for and the same issue applies there and unfortunately you know people cash in too frequently and cashing in too frequently only only takes away from one thing and that's that's your overall time investing mm-hmm. and the, the less time you have investing the 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 worst the end product essentially mm-hmm, yeah. yeah yeah um it's like you know you can always use the analogy of like a, a cake like putting your physique as a cake in the oven if you take it out halfway through baking the cake's gonna be pretty shit right it's not gonna be cooked <laughs> like you need to fully cook your physique before you mm. take it out imagine yep. how crazy and sick it will look when it's fully cooked you take it out and you can part all those pretty sprinkles on it and and that's essentially what a show day physique should look like yeah like yeah. i took the whole of last year off baking my cake and like, <laughs> and like i took i only took it out i only took it out like two weeks ago and i was like bang there it is put some Boom, first place. on it and that's what um, we done come away with the first place and that's it yeah i think that is honestly so important especially for a lot of younger people and primarily maybe young guys i don't even know well actually i definitely took my cake out of the oven far too early i think something that people don't realize is even though they may be i don't know at school they might be known as like the fitness person or in their group of friends they might be like known as the muscly one or something yeah by the time you get shredded my god you even if you were the biggest guy in out of your group of friends by the time you're shredded you gosh you if you haven't been baking for long enough you're gonna look skinny as fuck yeah yeah and that's the thing it, it, it's very it's actually it's actually very common in, in young males at the moment and and girls for sure yeah yeah and girls and girls but the the, the, the thing lauren that really intrigues me is, is why what why is it so popular now in young males because as as recent as when i was 19 and mm-hmm. 18 i was more so obsessed or, or more so interested in being big because yeah. walking mm-hmm. around college for me in a tight top 
looking skinny wasn't something that I was interested in. I thought that I would attract the opposite sex way more by looking like a big guy. Yeah, yeah. Little did I know that I was actually quite fat. I, I, I thought that I was looking like the big guy in the hoodies and looking yeah. like wide and carrying around my Tupperware of stinking tuna and sweet potato oh. and rice and all of this jazz that I believed that I had to eat. I, you know, I thought that that was a that was a good thing, and I think that a lot of males around me were chasing the same thing. But now yeah. it seems to be that the rise of aesthetics and the rise of you know this sort of like aesthetic look that seems to be somewhat magically attainable year round mm, is mm. that that's more of a prevalence in young men and that that's why we don't see so many i i, I think you know unfortunately it's, it's, it's a real true. thing lauren like in mm. the bmbf this year like the teen category whilst there's some really good teens that are popping up now and here and here and now again there's a lot of shows even my show there was no teens no team really? turnout nothing yeah and th- there's there's got to be a reason why and I think that's maybe <laughs> because like too many people are cashing in or teenagers are now looking towards more so the the, the physique category and looking yeah, towards sure. the aesthetics of things as opposed um, to bodybuilding which they might find later on yeah and i also think maybe uh, they've potentially i think a lot of people don't realize how many people on social media really do take steroids Mm, yeah. so maybe let's talk about that i mean mm. you obviously chose to take a natural route mm-hmm. um the bmbf is a natural show whereas yes. other shows i mean i competed in a non-natural show but and i was definitely up against people who were on steroids but mm. i personally would never take steroids my... that's mad though right that's stupid what what that just i was up the against fact, just the fact that you were competing in like a potential what was it junior bikini and you think yeah that there was people there like oh my god just to tell your listeners that's ridiculous and oh yeah that should yeah. not be happening yeah no i know because it's kind of like when you're in the fitness industry it's kind of just like normal like oh mm. they take steroids like okay whatever yeah but it's a big thing and i mean i think far too many people I don't know. I mean, maybe these young guys are seeing these people who are absolutely massive being like, I want to be like that. And maybe they do realize that they need to take steroids. But I've told loads of my friends about people who do take steroids and they've been shocked. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think sometimes it's kind of hard to determine which, but maybe that's the reason. Maybe people have been going to uh, non-tested federations rather than a tested federation because they um perhaps using something i don't really know but Mm. maybe let's talk about why you decided to stay natural yeah i mean this is funny right i I said this on another (laughs) podcast i think earlier in the week yeah when i did my first show in 2014 i was surrounded by flex magazine just before i discovered team theory dmj i was Mm -hmm. surrounded by like flex magazine kai green was my favorite and I watched a load, I follow, I still do, like, the other day when Dallas passed away, like, that really upset yeah, me, because yeah, I'm yeah. very, very, I, I'm I'm a huge fan of bodybuilding, I'm a mm. huge follower of bodybuilding, like, I'll get up, um, if, when I do my cardio, I'll watch, like, RX Muscle, I'll watch Muscular Development, like, I love bodybuilding, and yeah, I love yeah, the yeah. IFBB, and I love following that, and I always have, so, but I was very, very much aware that Kai and all these bodybuilders that I was looking up to weren't natural. I was always aware of that. Like, mm. uh, whoever told me that straight up 
when I was younger, I realized that straight away. Like I knew, I knew, I knew that I wasn't, I wasn't unaware. Mm. And so I was also surrounded in my gym or at least the, the few friends that I did have in bodybuilding weren't natural. So I, I know a lot of young junior bodybuilders that are in the same sort of situation where in their gym, they're the only natural. So yeah. I, before my first show, I was like, in 2014, I'm going to do my first show. I'm going to be, I'm going to do it naturally. And then after that, after I've had a sort of a bit of a play around, I will, I'll, I'll go across and I'll, I'll do the untested federations and I'll get one of my friends to help me with the, with the anabolic side of things. Oh, really? Yeah, like seriously, ah. seriously. That, that, that was, that was what I thought I'd do because I, I, I love the IFBB. I yeah. Like, okay. I, I wanna you want to be a pro? I want to. Yeah, yeah. Well, you see, I little little did I know how hard that would be and how ridiculous genetic potential you need to actually <laughs> do that in the UK. You have to be the best of the best. Oh yeah. To do that. Oh so, yeah. So it's it's ridiculously hard. So I I I I didn't know that at the time. I had no sort of sense of awareness of how difficult that would be. All I knew was that I looked up to primarily the the bodybuilders that were enhanced. So that was my thought process, right? So when I did my first show, turned up, um, and honestly, I've never been so blown away in my life. Uh, I was blown away by the caliber of the men's, the juniors, and the overall categories that I saw at that show. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Is this possible? Natural? Like, mm. I didn't mm. even know because... I yeah, it's incredible. Follow, I wasn't following any natural bodybuilders at the time. I didn't even know what, what the potential okay. was. Mm. And when I saw that potential, bang, switch was flipped. Decision made. Okay, nothing. that's really interesting. Like, no, yeah. like, since then, like, nothing would change my mind. Yeah. And mm. I think alongside that, being the young, like, young sort of, like, you know, 18-year-old when you're, like, a bit of, like, gung-ho at everything you don't really have this objective point of view as to how much that could affect one, like your health and two, what would the people think about you? Like what would the people around you think about you? Like I, I, I really don't think that my parents would be happy with that sort of decision making process. And again, as I've developed my business and of course my podcast, yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah. don't, I don't think that that would be a correct decision uh, in my mind. So yes, I, I mean, my now my, my ultimate goal, Lauren, and for people on this podcast who maybe listen to it in like, I don't know, two, well, no, like three, four, five years time, I, mm -hmm. I want to be a natural mm -hmm. pro bodybuilder. Like that's... Yeah, that's you're going to do it. That's what I want to chase. Thank you, Lauren. No, um, no, you will. I truly believe that you will. So, and I think I think you have, have honestly so much potential because you. you have so much passion and, thank you know, you. you're only... 21 like my mm. god you have so many years ahead of you you yeah. can you can continue competing in natural bodybuilding especially for like a long 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 time mm. and i mean it would just be so interesting to see when you reach your genetic potential i mean it'll be a good good day it'll be a good day when the bake is uh, when the or... cake is baked <laughs> no the cake is baked and the icing is done yeah everything the frosting oh, oh. my gosh no that's awesome um and so I think, I mean, I know this is kind of shifting away from it, but sure. let's talk about dirty bulking because okay. I feel like a lot of young guys are potentially going to listen to this podcast mm -hmm. um, who want to get into bodybuilding maybe and maybe some girls who want to get into bodybuilding. I mean, I used to truly believe that if I needed to make gains, 
I needed to eat as much as I possibly can. And mm. do you remember what happened? That was last January. Yeah. I yeah. got fat. I got You're in fat. a good spot. <laughs> I got really, really quite large. And I didn't even realize because I just thought I was making gains. I thought it was all muscle. Mm. And I think that that is what a lot of people think. If the weight goes up on the scale, they're like, yes, I've made some gains today. Yeah. But I actually heard something yesterday, which was like, after your in in your first year of training or something and um, who was i listening to it might have been lyle mcdonald or eric helms he, yeah he says like 10 pounds potentially yeah of lean yeah tissue in, your in first the first year. year so and that's pretty cool that. yeah that is cool and i mean but after over time that's oh, it gets, it gets much worse um you know a good example of this just like whilst we're talking about rates of muscle gain is that yeah i'm a fairly experienced trainee but mm-hmm. not massively experienced right yeah yeah uh, well you're I, only 21 <laughs> yeah 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 so like i'd say like three to four years of really good like day in day out log booking sessions log booking like, like being like being very 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 adherent to everything tracking tracking my macros being like super consistent took a year mm-hmm. off year off competing so a, pretty much a full year in a surplus with like one mini cut and i put on roughly about six or seven pounds of actual muscle and yeah. that is probably the max you can you can achieve and i think that that shows that i do have a decent genetic potential to put put on muscle like naturally yeah, yeah because yeah. that's pretty good numbers and i but what you've got to realize is as i get older and older that stage weight difference will not be that big anymore. Mm-hmm. It will be something yeah. like a pound. It will be a two pound jump across a year and off of an off season. Yeah. And, and that's why you've got to be so patient. But what, going back to your question about dirty bulking, I think mm, it's important yeah. to sort of like, I guess, define what dirty bulking is. So I think, you know, for people to realize what it is, is I don't really think there should be even a thing called dirty bulking anymore because yep, I, I agree. think people that follow this podcast and are aware of you should realize that, you know, if you want to gain weight, you just need to be in an overall calorie surplus and that the foods that you pick shouldn't be like dirty. Clean like, or dirty. Yeah, yeah, clean or dirty. Exactly. But like for sure, for sure, there may be some people that are still out there that do think that dirty bulking is a thing and that it can potentially provide benefit. Uh, in reality, you know, I think for the most part, when you are gaining, having having a good appetite and being able to eat your food and not force feeding is a good thing. Because if you if you're at a point, guys, and you're gaining, or girls, and you're shoveling in food, and you've got no appetite, and you feel sick after meals. That is actually a really bad sign, to be honest. Yeah, it's a terrible um, relationship with food. And <laughs> yeah, and my God, things like things like your, um, which is you know interesting for some people, like nutrient partitioning and insulin mm. sensitivity. They're 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 two really big things that we actually need to keep in check when gaining. Let's talk about them, AJ, because I haven't actually touched upon things like that other than in my macro guide. Sure. So I think potentially maybe yeah, let's let's discuss that because sure. I think maybe some of the listeners won't really be aware of these things too much. Sure. So so essentially what what <laughs> what we're going to see when we do accrue body fat levels is nutrient partitioning and insulin sensitivity are going to be highly relative to where your body fat level is. Mm-hmm. You increment up in body fat, you're going to have a, a disproportionate 
amount of the, the calories that you eat, they're going to be more likely to be going to more body fat stores than they are to be building muscle or mm-hmm. to provide energy for what you do. Because essentially yep. you're over, overfeeding. You're doing mm-hmm. too much. Mm-hmm. You're providing too many calories for your body to consume. So this whole idea of dirty bulking is essentially like an overfeeding of already overfeeding. So you're doing like way too much to get a result that could be the same by doing slightly less. Yeah, exactly. It's like being in a calorie deficit and losing weight on 1200 calories, but eating 800 just because you want to. It's stupid, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're just going to be more hungry to elicit a slightly quicker yet the same response. And you know what it's also like? It's like kind of the um, minimum efficient dose of training when people, so the minimum efficient dose is essentially the minimum amount, God, I'm saying minimum that many times, it's really hard. It's the minimum amount of training that you can do in order to progress. Yeah. Whereas some people will just go in seven days a week, two hours a session being like, yeah, this is the best way to make gains. When really you could be training three days a week for 40 minutes a session and making gains when you're a beginner because oh. that's just how it works. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And and, and that's it, you know, and to, to sort of like for, for people that are relatively new to nutrition, like you... You don't need to get too worried and too clued, like, clued up or, or intrigued about nutrient partitioning or yeah, insulin yeah. sensitivity or, or any of these big sorts of words or anything like that. But what you do need to realize is that getting too fat and <laughs> getting too far gone is not productive. It's no. not productive for you to make efficient progress in the gym. You'll feel like crap. Your sleep will be rubbish. Your digestion will be bad. And, and it's not healthy. It's not healthy. It's not healthy. Um, no. There's a lot of things that, that, that that's just going to set you back. And eventually what you're going to do is you're going to look at yourself in the mirror and you're going to be like, okay, right, I'm in a really bad position here and you're just going to want to diet. And you will need to diet. And you'll probably diet too excessively or yeah. too aggressively. And then you'll get into a cycle. And that cycle is, is something that can potentially go on for a long period of time. Yeah. Whereas if you've been a little bit steadier with things, a little bit more incremental with your calories, and I know that Lauren's very good at this, you know, she's on very good calories at the moment and she's slowly mm-hmm. incremented them up from the point that she, she was at in a contest prep diet. And what mm-hmm. Lauren hasn't done is gone, okay, let's, uh, let's go post-show, Let's go, like, obviously she enjoyed herself, but let's go, let's go and binge for a week. That, and then after that week, let's go on a mini cut. Like, no, yeah. that's not how no, it works. Exactly. Um, no, and for unfortunately sure. on social media, there's a lot of YouTubers that do exactly that. I they, know. They do and, a show, oh they binge, and then next week it's a mini cut series. Yeah, that's, I know far too many. not a good role model there. Do no, not it's not. Do follow people like that. <laughs> and I, yeah, and I also think like, it's just damaging your relationship with food in the long term. I think a lot of people jump into competing uh, having had a bad relationship with food. I definitely oh, yeah. am. I'm one of these people. And I think I was very fortunate, you know, to know AJ, to know and follow the people that I follow who really helped me with that and made sure that my... Because AJ coached me for my first competition, guys, in case you didn't know. Well, now that we're on the topic of contest prep diets and binging, Mm. I think that when people are following a meal plan of tilapia and green vegetables, normally either broccoli or green beans, I must admit, um, and then they come to the end of the show and they're like, yeah, let's just binge, we can eat whatever we want. 
And I think a lot of people do this and carry this on into their bulking period, as they say. Um, Because you kind of, after you compete, you feel like, oh my gosh, I I can now go make gains. And it is kind of tempting to just be like, right, I might just stop tracking macros for a while, see what happens, just eat what I want. You know, those thoughts have definitely run through my head. And then I'm just like, no, okay, I need to think about the bigger picture here and think about what I want in the long term. Mm. But I think some people don't really have that sense of control um and will just kind of get into this bulking period where it's not it's it's just isn't efficient and they're just eating whatever the hell they want yeah and ending up feeling like crap hating training and then just taking time off Uh uh-huh yeah i mean it's certainly hard and what you'll see is as you get leaner what what declines is actually your motivation to train which is really Mm -hmm. unfortunate because when you're doing a contest prep you're actually highly motivated because you want to step on stage you've got all this sort of like all these exciting things going on but in reality when the time comes to train you drink that pre-workout like (laughs) pre-workout um supplement or or your coffee and i wasn't even having any yeah, yeah, I know. Like sometimes it's kind of best to keep them out because what yeah. what those things actually do is provide you like a, a false sense of reality. Because if you <laughs> it sounds if, like you're talking about ecstasy. Or yeah, yeah, but they do. They really do. Like if you, if you nail if you nail pre workout really hard and mm. you get super hyped for your session, you'll then get there and the pre workout start to wear off a little bit unless it's PE P- science and it's optimal yeah. and all of that. <laughs> Um, use Lauren's discount code. And, oh yeah, Lauren for thirty percent off. Unless it's PE science, then it will wear off, and then you'll have a like huge drop in motivation, and you'll realise that you don't actually enjoy your training that much. And that's why I think you know this is what we're essentially talking about at the very very start is, guys, you need to build your passion for the gym before you do a contest prep or before you do something as serious as a contest prep because yeah. the, the 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 diet will zap your motivation to train regardless of whether you love the gym to your utmost like you'll have some sessions where you just simply really don't want to go and do it you do it and you feel better and you do it and you like you get halfway through and you're actually like okay this is all right but you know what it's like when you're tired you run down you've got squats in your program and you're weaker than when you're in an off-season phase and you have to put a bar that's weighing less on your back and it still hurts and it still feels really really tough that's mm. mentally really frustrating and really annoying. And I had to do it literally on Tuesday. And I walked out of that session like feeling good, but also feeling really fucked off. Because mm. losing strength for me is something that I'm I'm very attached to my numbers. I'm very attached to my gym performance. And when that goes down, like I do get demotivated. So you've got to be able to learn to deal with that. And so, yeah, bringing it back to sort of like exactly what we talked about at the start. You know, you you've got to really, really, really enjoy this kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, yeah. like Lauren said, when you do finish your show, not only will you binge, you'll also stop training. Mm. And great, what what a superb recipe that is for <laughs> absolute hell. Because you're you're you've not only created this this physique that you've never seen before, which is the leanest version of yourself. You've got all these images and all these pictures on your phone of you looking shredded. But now you're not training, you're burning way less calories per day and you're eating more per day, you're going to gain a load of body fat and then you're going to look at yourself like a month down the line and be really unhappy. And that's where I think a lot of issues ensue 
Um, and a lot of Jesus, like a lot of sometimes very serious issues uh, mm. that, that, that won't yeah. be resolved for a long period of time because it takes time to recover. Um, yeah. And that's you know that's maybe a topic for another podcast in terms of like recovery rates. But just to give you guys some somewhat of an idea as to how long it, it potentially takes a male to recover, for me to feel normal after my 2015 contest prep took me about four or five months. Wow, four, really? Four, four to five months to feel normal. Oh my gosh. That was, it was a 42-week diet um, in total because I did a lot of shows. And I, I honestly, like being totally open and honest, I, uh, my hunger levels were still super extreme at like, three or four months post even with calories significantly raised and body fat decent and sex drive hormones like that that people need to know about Mm, yeah no that didn't come back for like a good four or five months wow Um, that's that's crazy you know yeah no that that's right and um yeah i mean again just discussing how we were talking about just jumping into shows people need to be aware of these issues before Mm. just seeing a photo on instagram and being like i want to look like that i'm gonna compete they need to invest in their body like what you were saying and i think that i mean as i said earlier i definitely didn't invest enough and i think that people just think it's cool to be lean and they think that it's maintainable the whole year round but like you were saying they don't ignore they don't listen sorry to their their health and the yeah. fact that they actually need to you know they need to have their hormones functioning in order to survive sure. <laughs> and so, feel normal especially as a female guys like a lot of you guys yeah. listening to this like do you want kids that's a serious yeah, question exactly. you should be asking no, for yourself. sure before you do a prep and Mm -hmm. your ability to realize that your hormonal cycle matters is probably quite key a lot um you know a lot uh, i I think you should like maybe in the future get a female to talk about this and on the podcast yeah i'm gonna do a podcast about it about periods yeah it is quite normal for, for for girls to lose their cycle but it's also normal for them to regain it and you should be exactly. regaining it. It shouldn't just be um just be lost. Forever, um, exactly. And if it if that happens, like you need to go see a doctor and uh-huh. sort that out because it's likely that you need to, you know, be referred to a specialist or maybe even an endocrinologist because it's something that is really, really, really important and I am gonna do an entire podcast on that topic in the future. All right, AJ, so to kind of wrap this up a little bit, I want to give you an opportunity Mm. to say, no, firstly, before you go cheeky plugging and just telling everyone where they can follow you, which they are going to do after this podcast, guys, come on, do it. Um, I I want you to (laughs) maybe give three things which you perhaps did wrong or actually, no, you did everything pretty, pretty sensibly. So mm. let's just say three things that you would give as a piece of advice to people who are looking to compete. Or yeah, let's let's go with that. Okay. So number one, and not well, not in this order, but number one actually being number one. So yeah, definitely this one is is a huge prerequisite. You have to enjoy every aspect of bodybuilding and that comes down to literally the the pure passion of what i like to call like ticking boxes so you need to be purely passionate about 
monitoring and ticking these following boxes. Your sleep, controlling your sleep, controlling your stress levels, controlling your hydration, controlling your meals and your meal timing, controlling your training in the gym, and controlling, obviously, the, the elements that also come with bodybuilding, which is posing, presentation, tan, and all of that. Like, if you enjoy all of those things, you'll have a very successful bodybuilding prep. If you don't like some elements of bodybuilding, for example, Lauren, I fucking hate shaving. I hate yep. it. Okay. If, if if I could if if I if I if I could step on stage without doing all of that like hair removal, I hate that. Yeah. I hate that okay. so much. That's the only thing I don't I dislike about the bodybuilding process. But the rest I love. So you got to love all of that first. Mm-hmm. Like secondly, I think that you should if you're doing your first prep, you should hire someone. I don't think that you should do it on your own. Regardless no, that's of, really important, yeah. Regardless of how experienced you think you are, I think that you should hire someone and get someone to see you through the process. Or at least, and have, a, after. At least have a second eye. And, yeah, and after, for sure. But, to be fair, there's going to be points in your prep. Like, there's points now where I'm very unobjective. I'm non-objective of my progress pictures, of how I look, of how I feel. Yeah. And I have to have a second eye to tell me, AJ, sort your head out. You, you look fine. Yeah. So that's important. And then number three. Prep plays tricks on you. Massively. Yeah. Number Which three. Which people don't realize, yeah. Number three, when you when you decide to do a prep and you and you want to you want to do well, this is something that I always tell my clients and like this has probably been the biggest re- revelation for me this year is that regardless of what you're doing and how busy you are regardless of that you need to own your time and unfortunately as 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 this sport is it's a very selfish endeavor but the people that do well are actually quite selfish in Mm -hmm. some retrospects okay so yeah yeah what i mean by that is that when you realize that you've got to have some specific time in your day to do the task that will take you forward whether that's to get your cardio done to get your training done or something as simple as having an hour at the end of your day to chill calm down reduce stress reduce cortisol and have a good night's sleep like I do with my Netflix every evening, if you follow my Instagram stories, if you end up following <laughs> me, you'll see that that is a regular occurrence. That doesn't ever yeah. slip. And owning your time is the most important thing to be able to do about that. So you need to be able to realize that when someone asks you to do something and that doesn't quite fit into your schedule, sometimes you'll have to make extra arrangements and you'll have to yeah. fill that in. But for the most part, create a routine, own your time, and be very confident in doing so because you own the right to own your time. That's something that you always should have. Like PT, like P- people who do PT, there's probably a lot of people who do PT that will listen to this. It's quite yeah, easy just right. to ram your schedule full of clients and own no no time. You'll end up hating PT, I guarantee you. I've been there, I've done that. I've, I've hated <laughs> PT because I've done too much of it. Um, so you've got to learn when to say no and then own your time and don't be afraid to be a little bit selfish. That's my three tips. That's awesome, AJ. Thank you for that. And I totally forgot. Give me two secs. Mm-hmm.
Oh my god, I I was going to say something so important. Oh yeah. And remember guys, this is kind of more for bodybuilding people because a lot of the general population don't need to be a specific for all this type of thing. So this, yeah, this whole entire podcast has been kind of centered around bodybuilding and people who are ready to take it that next step. Because me personally, half of the things that AJ has said today, I don't even do. I'm not so specific with everything. I'm a lot more chilled because I, at the moment, I... Will I compete in the future? I think probably I will. But at the same time, I'm looking at the bigger picture of life. And I don't take competing as seriously as AJ does. And I also think that when I do come to compete again, it will just primarily be for fun because I absolutely Mm. love it. And I'm not hoping to come first or whatever. If I do, that's great. I'm not a competitive person though. So (laughs) that's how we differ massively. And yeah, I think that's important. Lauren, that's a really good preface because I think with the people that will listen to this, like you're following, I think there's there's definitely a percentage that will listen to this that will relate to the idea of of wanting to be the best. But make sure that people, yeah, do realise that everything that I say is is for the large proportion of people it this is this is for people that want to take it to the next level and they want level. they yeah. they 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 want to pour everything into the tank like like i said i, w- I want to be like a professional at this exactly and um, if you don't want to do that that is totally okay it, you don't have to you don't have to do that and you just got to do what you enjoy you know for me competing isn't my isn't my my number one passion i'm much more passionate about just fitness and in general because i absolutely love training and then also business because i know that if i plan on doing the things that i'm planning on doing which are under apps right now but that's gonna you know that's i'm not gonna be able to do all this stuff and it's just weighing up what your priorities are really and what 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 really matters to you yeah but 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 likewise like Remember, like, listen to this podcast and then think, okay, right, what am I super passionate about and what do I want to achieve? And then apply everything that I and me and Lauren have said to that and you'll crush it. Like, apply this ticking boxes approach to whatever you do Mm, and you'll win massively. Like, Lauren, what does Lauren do? She ticks boxes every damn day with social. Yeah, I do. Every damn day. And what happens? (laughs) Growth. And she knows exactly what takes her there to, to to get to this point of, like, over 100k on Instagram, which is absurd. Yeah, booty shots, right? Yeah, yeah booty shots and no uh, and no information. That's the way to do it these days with uh, kickbacks, donkey no, kicks. not about that life. It's good. You've grown <laughs> well, a very honest not. following, like I said, Lauren. You've grown a really, yeah. really good platform. And- and you have as well. And I really, I genuinely do believe that. I I mean, I wish more people followed you because it's just such a shame because they're following people. I'm not going to even say any names because I don't want to, you know, make. <laughs> right, we can call this the want... beef podcast. I don't want rivals in the industry. <laughs> no, but they follow certain people who just post photos looking shredded all year round who potentially aren't natural yeah. i mean and if you're if you're not natural that's fine like mm. whatever but maybe i'm lying about it i don't know but they don't provide value and informative content like you do and i think that that's something that the industry is really lacking and i think that's something that we both do and we're trying to fix all these problems so 
big shout out to you AJ now let's go plug yourself like crazy mm-hmm. cool so yeah I imagine that a few like with Lauren's following and what this podcast will get that, that, that there'll be a few people that definitely don't follow me and I thoroughly appreciate you guys coming across obviously a lot of my content is bodybuilding style but I can promise you that there'll also be a lot of stuff that you can potentially take away um, with regards to just like overall business growth, mindset, mm. etc. That that I do post alongside me lifting heavy stuff and, and getting lean <laughs> for sure. So I, I'm not just all about that. I'm definitely a, a little bit of diversity there. So um, you can follow me on Instagram and that is AJMorris underscore. And I can you can also follow sort of what I do on a day-to-day basis through my Instagram story. That's where I'm really, really active. So I try and... I love your story. Thank you. I try and post on that pretty much every day. So um, I I do that. And then obviously I've got my, like I said at the start, I've got my YouTube channel. So that's AJ Morris. And that, that, that will still be producing content. However, a lot of my video content will now be derivative or go through my, my member site. And the reason, the reasoning behind that is because... I do, I do sort of see and I feel like the content that I provide is off the back of me investing in knowledge. So yeah. I pay to go to seminars, I pay to gain knowledge, and I feel like I almost deserve a little bit of a platform so people can feel like the content is of a certain level of value. So that's mm, why it's, mm. a, it's a very small cost. It's four ninety nine a month, you know. Oh wow! And like, like, like how you've created your, you know, your strength feed guys. Like essentially, mm. you're putting out a lot of that content on a daily basis. If people, yeah, yeah, if, yeah. If, if people sort of feel like you know, just spare the the money for the guide, they get it all in one very organized place. And that's what I wanted to create with the website. So it's a very low cost. Like it's it's cheaper than a Nando's per month, guys. So it's like four ninety nine a month. It's literally like as we're ta- as we're chatting today with Lauren, which is great. It's it's cool that we're chatting today because it literally launched like two days ago. Um, awesome! So there's already there's already like twenty plus members, which is wicked. There's awesome. people starting well threads done. in the forum, which is cool. Um, so yeah, you get to see sort of videos, private videos, exclusive content, and uh, there'll be weekly Q and As with questions answered in in much greater detail than I can on an Instagram story, which mm. I think is something quite important. Um, and then alongside that, there's a forum that's updated daily. And that will be just sort of documenting my prep in in its full manner. So like literally this morning I wake up, I'm like, I update the forum with my body weight, my macros for the day, what I'm training, my exact training day, like just so much data. And then people can ask questions as to why I'm doing things. Awesome, AJ. um, That's at www.madebymoriscoaching.com. And and that's pretty much me plugged, obviously, besides the Nasty Scene podcast um, Mm. and the Facebook page. But people can find them all through Instagram. I'll put it in the notes below. I didn't really know how to do that, but uh, I'm sure I can figure it out. (laughs) This whole podcasting thing is so new to me. Mm. Right, well, that has been brilliant. Thank you so much for coming on, AJ. It's been a really, really, really interesting podcast. And I think it's going to help a lot of people who are looking to compete or compete at the moment. So... Thank you for coming on and I hope everybody has enjoyed this podcast. I will see you next week. Thanks, guys.